What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another show and another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you at 9.30am UK time every single Monday to Friday. I'm joined by Umar. How do you, mate? you well? You good? I'm good, Tom. It's been quite a while since I've been on here, but um, mm. yeah, the results the results and performances have been good. So, yeah. So, so you good. should probably clear off then, really. And... <laughs> yeah, I should. I should. I should <laughs> be on the way out. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, no, well, if we lose against Forest at the weekend, we know who to blame. Uh, but no, good to have you on, mate. Good to have you in the chat box, people, as always. Hope you're doing well. We've got Mark, we've got Stevie, we've got Graham, Vinny in the chat box as well, Tezzy, Answer. Thank you so much, guys. John, too. Thank you so much for tuning in as per. Drop a like on the video and subscribe to help us on our way to 7,000 subs. We start, Umar, uh, by getting your thoughts on yesterday's news that the game tonight is postponed against Liverpool, um, which obviously comes as a frustration because we would like to see it played, especially considering when Chelsea go and batter Spurs, which is nice to see happen always. Um, how? What was your kind of reaction when the news was kind of feeding through that it might get postponed? Then obviously when it did, how did you feel about that and the decision that was made it was quite frustrating if i'm honest um especially because i had the ticket for the game as all. Well, but that's that's besides the point but it was frustrating because i thought liverpool were going about it a bit too i understand the situation at the moment with covid and everything um but i think liverpool were just they wanted to get the game postponed for their own benefit i think they had a couple of injuries. I think Thiago Alejandra, um, uh, a couple of players were injured as well. Then they had players who were off on African Cup of Nations duty. So they must have had a few cases of COVID. I was hearing three, and obviously you put in into account coaches and everything, but mm. an academy coach can take responsibility. It doesn't have to be Jurgen. It doesn't have to be Pep. So... I just, it just seems a bit suspect at the end of the day. I just think the game, fair enough, health comes before everything. But I think the manner of the, how the situation was, I think it was just a bit too hush hush and too quickly. We have to look at how Arsenal were at the start of the season. Mm. Brentford, no, no one cared about our situation. Then we had so many players with COVID, but um, the the board, the Premier League said we have to go on with it. So now we're coming into um, a situation where two free cases and now teams are having that effect that they can postpone games. And I think they come, there needs to come a time and there needs to be a line drawn because if we're coming into this situation now, two cases, three cases, and now teams are starting to get postponements in place, look at the congested fixture list that is coming about soon. Mm. Luckily, we're playing on Sunday now against uh, Burnley. Imagine we were playing on Saturday and the Premier League said to us, no, you have to play on Saturday because yeah. the, you can't, can't crash. Then we'd be in the um, tricky position. So I just think Liverpool, they knew what they were doing. 
and I want to see if the game on Sunday goes ahead against Shrewsbury because that that's the major question. Mm. If it if if it goes ahead, boy, I'll be angry. I'll be very very angry. <laughs> you don't want to mess with Umar, is it? <laughs> um, no, I think that look. Obviously, things change very quickly. Just to kind of play devil's advocate. Um, it could be that the cases that they've had that have been testing positive, say last week, are clear by the weekend. Uh, I know that we want to just raise our pitchforks up like the Simpsons meme uh, and gun for the EFL for their decision. Um, it, it's it's a fine balance between health, competition, and all of that. And I'm for, as frustrated as you are, Omar. I, I wish we could have played this game. It would have been an easier tie for us because they would have had so many players out. I do agree with you to a, an extent that if you can field a team and you've seen teams like Aston Villa field a team of kids in the past, absolutely that should be the case. And you should absolutely try and fulfil the fixture with whatever players. There's reasons why clubs have these youth academies. They're there. It's not Brentford slightly different because they don't have a youth academy, of course. But when you've got so many tiers of youth teams and all of this talent that teams really go and rave about to the media and you know in conversation about how good their youth sides are, well, then why not give them an opportunity in, in these competitions when this type of situation, which is, you know, it's never going to really go away. We're going to have to live this for the rest of our lives. We're going to be dealing with this for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. It's it's times like this where those youth players will have to come in to the fray. And yeah, it is what it is. Next, obviously, we've got Forest. Forest had their game on Monday night called off as well because of their own COVID outbreak. So there's a chance that that game would be called off. You had a ticket for tonight's game. I was planning on going to the Forest game. I've cancelled my trip because just from my personal perspective, I can't, I'm not going to risk driving up on Saturday to Nottingham from from down south and then for the game to be called off and have wasted all that money. So I'm not going to be going. Um, it doesn't mean the game is postponed, by the way, if you are planning on going. Yeah, it's just I personally am not taking that risk. And it's if it is to go ahead... We've got this now situation where we've got Liverpool Spurs, Liverpool Burnley, and obviously you want to stay rested. But there's also an element, weirdly, where you don't want to let your players kind of become too relaxed, if you know what I mean, because they haven't played in a while. So do you think we should actually go relatively strong against Forest to make sure we've got enough minutes in the legs of players that are going to be used in the next couple of weeks? I honestly would. Um, like, if we play a mix of youth and experience, so not not even necessarily you've say Charlie Patino could potentially come in, but if we have experienced players like Rob Holding who are not in, in and around the team but in the fringes of the first team, and they could get opportunity against Forest, mm. but have experienced players um, like Lacazette, because as long as we get the job done, and then they can start thinking about resting players, because I think I agree with you. Um, playing consistently week in week out is good for the legs. It's good for the performances if there's postponements if there's games that you're not playing fair enough you're rested but playing a game and playing in training is a completely different thing Mm. Uh, the the competitiveness and everything about it is just it's just a completely different ball game so i think i wouldn't go proper proper youth i would go experience and then a mixture of youth because i think as long as we get the job done um and then we can start to focus on a big week because then we have liverpool at anfield and then we have yeah the north london derby which is going to be a huge huge game for me yeah. personally and every every other arsenal fan in around the for world you personally though it's for me game. personally yeah. <laughs> are you right back on the day or <laughs> no, i think that that game is obviously it's got so many 
narratives and it's defining for Arsenal. I feel like you lose that game and suddenly the top four race becomes ridiculously difficult for us because of how many points and how many games in hands they have over us. So we need to make sure that we tackle that game smartly. We can't afford to lose it, but I think we need to be going there with the absolute ambition to try and get three points at Spurs for the first time in a very, very long time. But they have been shown up in the last few weeks to be vulnerable. I think Watford, they were fortunate to get a result there. They suffered against Southampton against 10 men last night against Chelsea. I mean, you look at the mistakes they're making at the back with a very strong team. They were found out. And this is an Arsenal side that are on a rise. And despite losing against City, I don't think they would have had any confidence knocked by that because it was a great performance. And now they've got an opportunity against Forest and then Liverpool to build up their momentum again going into that game. It's just obviously a pain that we've lost players like Thomas Partey in particular, who's just you know really been on the rise. But it's going to be good, I suppose, for some of the midfielders. I mean, we talk about who's going to play against Forest. Lukonga hasn't played in a long time um, and has been coming off the bench. Is he someone that you would play against Forest and Liverpool and then Spurs just to kind of get the minutes back in his legs? I think it's important. It is because Ainsley Maitland-Niles is on the way out. He's, mm. he's heading to Roma. Our party's obviously um, in uh, the African Cup of Nations and so is Mohamed Elneny. So you can't just not play Lukonga when he's not had those minutes. He suffered from COVID and he needs to get that fitness back. Like I said to you, playing games is completely mm. different to training. So I would play him um, against Forrest. Say he plays 60 minutes or so and then you take him off. At least he's got that under his bow rather than not playing at all. And then you're just chucking him into such a big game against Liverpool, against yeah. Tottenham. Oh, I think it would be a de detriment to his form. So I would play him. And like I said, um, minutes minutes in his in his boat will be good for him. So now I play I play him this weekend. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I absolutely would. Um, and I think that there's also a big chance for maybe a Charlie Patino to get some minutes this week. You mentioned earlier that you would mix, you know, first team starters and youth. Is he one of those players that you'd be looking to start on Sunday? He, every time now I look on the training pictures. He's, he's he's starting to come in the training more. He's starting to be part of the first team more. And I think it's good. I think that performance against Sunderland helped. Um, I think he's learning a lot week in, week out. And he is the future. So these games against um, these Carabao Club clash that we had against Sunderland is good for his experience. Again, Nottingham Forest, I think... He'll learn a lot. It'll be a tough game. They'll be physical. Um, it's away from home. So he'll learn. He'll learn. He'll, he'll keep on learning from these sort of games. So I'd play him. Um, so it's only good for his experience. It's only good for his future because training with the first team is good. He's learning a lot. He's, he's been in and around these first team players. But him playing games will just take him to an extra level. And mm. I think this season for him is just about being in and around the training first team setup him playing games where he gets the opportunity and him showing Mikel Arteta that he can be a, a future midfielder going forward. So, because come the end of the summer, Ainsley Maitland-Niles potentially will be off uh, on a permanent move. Uh, Mohamed Onani will be potentially off on a permanent move. Possibly Granit Xhaka, who knows what his situation mm -hmm. is. So, there'll be an opportunity for Charlie Patino in the midfield I think we'll get an additional midfielder. I don't know who, but I think there'll be um, additional midfielder coming. But there's still there's still an opportunity for Charlie Patino in there. So I think this season is just for him, just showing the boss that he is capable of playing for Arsenal. So I'll play him this Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I think alongside Lukonga, it'd be a really good example and, and chance for him to, to get into the team. And 
you could argue playing slightly further forwards as well, playing with Smith Rowe and getting involved with that. And Ketty, I think, probably starts this game too, um, even though his future is very much up in the air. But I would like to see a, a mix of, of starters and youth, but also probably, I don't know, I think it's still three subs in the FA Cup. I don't think it's the same as the League Cup where you can make five. So with that in, in mind, obviously, I think that the bench should be fairly strong to give minutes into the legs of some of the, the players that are going to need to play in the next few games. But it's it's a balance that we're going to need to find. Let's move on to the uh, transfer window because uh, you can never escape it, especially in January. Uh, I have asked for questions in the chat, but hopefully we're going to get around to answering a couple of those. But obviously, I want to start in the main news uh, regarding Dusan Vlaovic, uh, reported yesterday by Ben Jacobs of CBS Sports, someone who I've linked up with on Football.London uh, with a couple of pieces about very well connected, knows his stuff, confirming that £45 million plus Lucas Torreira bids for Dusan Vlaovic. It's an interesting kind of, you know, confirmation that Arsenal really have genuine interest in this player. It's not just hearsay coming out of Italian media. There is real weight to the story. Are you surprised that Arsenal are going so heavily for a player that has been, by all accounts, very kind of, you know, resistant or at least his camp and his representatives have been very resistant to the Arsenal's interest it's a weird one Tom honestly every time I go on social media I'm looking Dusan Valovic doesn't want to come to Arsenal he's he's got better opportunities I've been every time I hear it it's like that's that's what that's what the media are saying mm. but what Mikel has previously said and every Arsenal fan knows this he will not force a player to join Arsenal if you want, like he said previously, when you look at Arsenal, you just want to join for the for the club for what it stands for. You don't have to force a player to join. So then it makes me think: Is this media stuff real? Is what they're saying is true? Because Arsenal and Arteta, hundred percent, they wouldn't be going so heavily into a player if they knew there wasn't an opportunity that they could get him. And I think he's he's the main target that it seems at the moment. There's been talks of Isaac, there's been talks of Jonathan David, there's been talks of other strikers like Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Ollie Watkins. But the striker that keeps coming into mind is Dusan. So it, there has there has to be something in it. I don't know if it'll materialize, but this offer that everyone's been speaking about, I think it's a very good offer, to be honest. Mm. Lucas Torreira, um, he's been performing well for Fiorentina this this um, this season, and he's starting to get settled back in Italy. He didn't have a good spell in Atletico Madrid. Mm. Um, so Fiorentina would like to keep him. So that's smart business again by Arsenal that we've never seen previously. If they want a player like um, Valovic, and they're using a player that they already have to try and get him. So... There's been talks of seventy million pounds or some, so it's it's a big fee. So if they can get that down, but the main important thing is, does he want to come to Arsenal? If he doesn't, if if this if this is true that he's saying, I'm not sure, I'm not really interested in the project. Let's go for someone else, mm. because in a couple of years he could be saying, I want to leave, I want to go for someone better. This project at the moment, I'll be honest to you, Tom. This project that we have at the moment, I think it's one of the best in Europe. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's one of the yeah. best projects that we have in Europe. So if, if you've got players saying it's not something that they're willing to um, join, it's not something that interests them, then they're crazy because this project is sensational. And we're Are just, you saying you're trusting the project? <laughs> is this what you're saying? I, um, yeah. I trust the process. I trust the process big time. <laughs> um, because I think, honestly, we're a few signings away, like a striker and mm -hmm. a midfielder, top, top yeah. signings 
from competing big time next season. So if Dusan wants to come, by all means, come join the project. If he doesn't want to come, yeah. we'll get Isaac. No problem. <laughs> no problem. We'll just get him in. We'll just get him in. Zander says to the take from Twitter account that the Arsenal will be City's biggest threat to the title next season. Do you think we are on that trajectory? I mean, from what you were saying there, just for my 10 cents on kind of where I think Arsenal are, I agree with you that a striker and a centre midfielder in particular would be you know, the, the perfect kind of additions to this team. I think there's more that's needed. I think depth-wise, right back, you look at central midfield, still more depth, I think, is needed. And moving on, some players that are probably stagnated at the club. You think, again, Cedric, Maitland-Niles, we know. Uh, Rob Holding probably is probably not going to get any more from him. We've got Saliba coming in as well, exciting young talent. Uh, I think there are players like Nicolas Pepe that are going to need to be moved on because they've stagnated. They're not going to get any better and we could probably bring in. Interestingly, like I, I was talking to someone about Reese Nelson the other day and I was seeing kind of the, the work that Arteta has done with Saka and Smith-Rowe and all these young players. He's, you know, he's just getting into the team at Feyenoord under Arna Slot now and he's, he scored his first goal in the last group game of the Conference League. There was always talent there in Reese Nelson. Do you think that, based upon what we've seen with these young players, the same could be done with him or do you think his future probably lies elsewhere. I had similar thoughts to you um, when Arteta first came in. I thought um, the player that would most improve under him would mm. possibly be Reese Nelson because he was the fan favourite at that time in terms of the next hail end youngsters to come through. Everyone yeah. thought Reese Nelson would be the one to succeed. But I think I think probably the time has come to an end for him. I think he could go on to be a good player for another Premier League club, if he gets this loan, if he succeeds well in this loan spell in Holland, I think he's a top player. Um, and he's a type of player, you need to remember that spell he had in Germany for Hoffenheim. He was smashing it out there. And I think injuries haven't helped. Injuries have hampered his um, progression. So mm. I think for Arsenal, I think we're, we're, we've got the talent now in the wings. Gabriel Martinelli has exploded to life. And there was talk that could he be possibly um, leaving in the summer? Could, would he be possibly in Arteta's plans or not? So we've got Smith-Rowe, Saka, Martinelli. Possibly, I think, if Pepe departs, there could be an extra option because, as you said, depth is going to be key, especially next season if we get into Europe. Champions League, hopefully. So we need depth in those positions. That signing of Nuno Tavares was another good signing, a masterstroke signing, because we have Tierney. But now... When Tierney's not fit, when he's when he's got an injury, when he needs a rest, I have faith mm -hmm. that Nuno Tavares can do the job. Like you said, Tommy Yasu, when 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 he's not in the team, do do we believe Cedric Callum Chambers can do the job? I don't. So I do agree with you. Depth's going to be key. So maybe if Pepe um, departs this summer, there could be an option. But I think a Premier League club or a, a, a spell in Europe will probably be the next step for Reese Nelson. Yeah. Uh, Graham says, what price would Lille be looking for uh, for a Jonathan David? I'm starting to think he's the most realistic option to be our centre forwards. We did a show yesterday. I chatted with Jeremy Smith. We've done a dedicated transfer insight show on him. So if you've not yet watched that, please do make sure uh, you give that a watch. It's I think it's the last video before this one on our uploads list. So uh, you should be able to find it pretty easily. Uh, but the reported figures are around the 40 to 45 million pound mark, which to be honest, based upon his output and his age, I think is, is fairly representative of, of what we can expect. Um, which midfielder do you prefer, Wilson? Ruben Neves or Bruno Guimaraes? Such a tough question. Um, I, was I don't think it is. 
it's not in hindsight because I would love yeah. Bruno Gimaraes. But yeah. in hindsight, look at the summer when everyone... Remember the links when we had Ruben Neves linked to Arsenal mm. and the fan base went into hysteria. They're like, Ruben Neves, he's not an upgrade on Granit Xhaka. This, this, that, this, that and the other. But I think fans start now need to start respecting McLaren's IQ for talent, <laughs> honestly. And that because, is, well. and it, yeah, exactly. Because Ruben Neves this season, he's been smashing it. Yeah. Last season, I think he wasn't the same Ruben Neves. I think injuries didn't help, um, and he he wasn't the same Ruben Neves we saw when he signed for Wolves at first. But this season, I think he's been one of the best midfielders. The Premier League, that performance against Old Trafford the other day alongside Martinho was fantastic. So I don't think um, th- th- there could be comparisons made, but I would love Bruno. As I've said previously on this show, I think he's the type of signing that when when you think talent, when you think age, when you think profile, when you think box-to-box playmaker, and he's the type of signing that I think would kill in the Premier League because his talent is beyond levels mm. so for for me it's it's bruno all the way and there's been apparently interest that we could possibly game this january i don't think will happen um i think it could be a potential um summer move but if we could get him like even on the pre-contract agreement this january so now then at least have the confidence that no one's going to snatch him but yeah for me yeah. bruno to my understanding, Edu loves him. And Arsenal have, inter- have been interested for a very, very long time since he was in Brazil, of course, too. So he is definitely up there as a player that we know the club wants. It could be done this Jan. And supposedly, they would ask, Leon would ask for around £38 million, which I think would be an absolute steal, to be honest. So so go and do it. Mark Sam says, do you find it strange there's no talk of either incoming or outgoing goalkeeper? Sure, Leno is not happy sat on the bench playing second footer to Ramsdale. I think that the reason why you're not seeing any talk is because Arsenal basically closed the door on Leno leaving this January. They don't need to sell him. They don't have to sell him. And when, you know, Ramsdale could get injured in a really important season, we've got a goalkeeper that has been our starting keeper for a long, long time. So I think that's probably why you're not seeing uh, that side of things. Um, let's go up to... There's so many questions this morning. This is great. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Make sure if you haven't already, drop a like on the video and to subscribe. Lewis says, do we underestimate the value of winning a trophy? Only three of our best 11 started in the 2020 final, which is crazy when you think about that. We lost the EFL in 07. Uh, We also lost it, was it 16, 17? Yeah, against Man City. City, Would we have won the Premier League in 08 if we had experienced that winning mentality? Do you think a win in the EFL Cup could say, not only improve us next year, as Lewis said, but maybe even push us on to a Champions League qualification spot this season? It's funny, I was thinking about this yesterday, um, just because I've seen a lot of points being made about this on social Mm. media of how important a League Cup win could be. Some people have said they're not really bothered about winning the League Cup, but win the semi-finals now. We've got a good favourable tie against Liverpool. When you you take into consideration that they have no Salah, no Mane, they have a lot of injuries, I think it's a tie that we can get through. Yeah. And then when we could go into a final, it's a one-off game. Anyone can win it, um, as finals usually are. But I think as a team, this is a team which has not been together for a long time. It's a young team. And winning a trophy is a trophy. Winning the trophy will be so key for this the progression of this young team. So I'm not going to start saying, oh, it's the League Cup. I'm not interested. I think it will be fantastic. And who who knows? The League Cup could then kick us onto. Get into the top four because what it could do for the momentum, confidence, 
it could be huge. So I want the League Cup trophy. I know you want it. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you 100%. There's no reason why we can't go past Liverpool. I, As I said, I wrote a piece after the Man City defeat and I said, Arteta has taken this team to a place where I no longer fear anyone. I don't fear playing Man City. I don't fear playing Chelsea. I don't fear playing Liverpool. You know, we're going to Champions League. I wouldn't fear playing Bayern Munich. <laughs> I might have done a few years back. But I genuinely don't have that fear. I don't go into games nervous anymore. I don't go mm. into games worried about what the result's going to be. The exception would be the North London derby just because of what that game is. I will obviously have nerves for that game because the idea of losing it is so horrible. But I don't have fear going into playing any team because this this side has just got something. It's, it's a personality about it that just makes me confident. And that's a great place to be. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. As always, been over 200 of you tuning in. So please do make sure you drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and subscribe. If you are new, we do these shows every single Monday to Friday at 9.30 a.m. We do reactions, transfer insights. You can watch Arteta's press conferences and that of the rival managers as well when they're not postponed. Um, but do make sure that you subscribe to get all that content and hit that little bell notification button because it tells you, or rather it's supposed to tell you, when the shows do drop. So make sure you have done that if you haven't done so already. Umar, thank you, mate, as always, for coming on. Appreciate your time, fellow. And nice to see you back after a, a long absence. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Cheers for having me on. Absolutely. And Chatbox, once again, thank you to you for tuning in. We will see you tomorrow morning. Oh, no, we want this Friday. Oh, this week's gone so quickly. We'll see you on Monday for the next uh, Agenda show. If the game against Boris does indeed go ahead, we'll do a reaction after that game. You can be assured of that. So make sure uh, you're tuning into the channel for that. But it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you as it always is. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,